Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, edtech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello and welcome to Digital Learning Today, a brand new show from TeacherCast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. Each and every week, we are going to be bringing you amazing stories from educators who are creating a culture of digital learning in their classrooms. And we're going to be giving you guys the tips and tricks to do so in your own school districts and classrooms. This week, we're looking forward to the FETC conference. I am about to get on an airplane to head down to Orlando, spend an entire week with 10 thousand amazing educators if you happen to catch the first episode of this podcast last week we had jennifer womble on jennifer has been doing an amazing job with her team at putting together this conference and we are looking forward to not only seeing over 600 great presentations but also spending some time down in that vendor hall meeting some people in the hallways and there might be a little bit of singing on the it's a small world ride who knows but we're looking forward to it so if you're going to be down in florida and you're listening to this please feel free to reach out. I'd love to meet you, love to see you. Don't forget that on Friday of this week, we're gonna be doing our coaches workshop down there. How to become more edu productive as an instructional coach. We're gonna be showing you our tips and tricks of how to create data dashboards, how to make the perfect newsletter, build the perfect website. We might be showing you off some of our favorite Notion dashboards. Who knows? We have two hours to work with some great instructional coaches. I am looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. There are several great ways that you can reach out and be a part of this show each and every week. Of course, you can always find us on iTunes, Apple, Spotify, all that great stuff. But we're also in the process right now of redesigning TeacherCast. That's right, new year. And one of the things that we're going to be working on over the next few weeks is launching a brand new instructional coaches network a brand new teacher cast and a whole mess of brand new things. And we're going to try to work back to getting onto our monthly schedule of doing some webinars for instructional coaches and for digital learning leaders. So don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button and check us out each and every week. Of course, in addition to this show, we've got our Ask the Tech Coach podcast. And this week we are relaunching our Jeff Bradbury podcast. One of the favorite things that I've been able to do is to get all three of our shows back up and running. And the first episode on the Jeff show is with our good friend Adam Bello from Breakout EDU, somebody who I'm also looking forward to seeing down in Florida. So I hope you guys have a chance to check out all the great things happening over at the TeacherCast Educational Network. My guest today is the Assistant Superintendent of Teaching and Learning for a fantastic school district in Massachusetts. He's a podcaster, the CEO of X Factor EDU, and he's going to be presenting this year at the FETC conference. I want to bring on today my good friend, Mr. Matthew Joseph. Matt, how are you doing? Welcome to Digital Learning today. Uh, thanks, Jeff. It's it's awesome. And, and thanks for reaching out. I, I love to connect with folks. I love to, to talk shop and I love getting excited for, for FETC. And I think it's it's one of my favorite events of the year because it brings so many different people together, so many different roles. So um, I'm thrilled to be here and just uh, talk shop. I am excited for FETC. You know, we talked a little bit about this in our intro of the show. 10 
thousand people are going to be meeting next week in Florida to get together. We just launched the first episode of this particular podcast with Jen Womble. It was a great episode. I hope you guys have a chance to listen to that. But with 600 sessions and 10,000 people down there, what are you looking forward to the most? What do you go down there and, and put your sights on? So I think I look at it in twofold. So for me, I take the connections with individuals first. I learned so much from just talking to individuals, listening to folks, going to sessions that push my thinking. I don't need to go down there and be affirmed like, yeah, I do that. Let me see how how else I, I can see that. But I want to learn something new. I think especially around, I think the easy answer on this is, oh, we want to learn AI. That's the new thing. But for me, I want to learn how to enhance our teachers to move from participation to engagement. I think where we look at the tech tools right now is the shiny new thing. Oh, that's cool. This is really interesting, but how does it enhance our student learning? So I'm going to find sessions that really push my thinking and allow me to bring back instructional strategies because I'm not in the classroom. I have to educate myself on what is going to impact students. And then visiting the vendor hall, just going through and seeing what products are up there because staying really abreast of what's out there is going to help me bring that back to the district and say, here's what it'll help in this subject area. Here's what will help in this domain. So I think really balancing it with, with meeting with individuals who push my thinking and then finding some tools that'll enhance our learning within the district. You know, it seems like every conference does have that three-legged stool. You're going to spend some time in the session, some time at the vendor hall. And one of my favorite parts is just hanging out in the hallways, meeting people, talking to people, making those connections, reconnecting with people that you might not have seen in a while. When you're walking around a conference like this, do you keep your eyes up and looking around? Or are you one of those people that, you know, it's on the list, it's on the agenda, I got to go to that session, that's the end of the story? Uh, no, I am an eyes up, hand out, see who I can give a high five to, connect with the, the selfie, us multiple people, see how, how people are. I think one of the things, you know, the benefits of what we do now online is you get to see and connect with folks who live across the world in different states and, and you get to know them. And then when you see them in person, you get to talk and sit down and it removes all of the outside factors. And you can see like, hey, what's up? How's it going? What, what inspires you? What have you learned? Or just how was your trip? And just getting to know people. And I think we we got away from that in our field. And the more that we get together and start to know people as individuals, it's just inspiring. And, and you take that with you and bring that back to, to your district and that same energy you then bring into your job. I, I totally agree with that. And there's so many sessions that are out there that are going to help teachers relate to their curriculum, create standard-based curriculum out of all this new technology integration. Um, I'm looking forward, of course, to seeing all of our instructional coaching friends down there on, <laughs> yep. on Friday. We're doing our two-hour workshop at 1030 on Friday about empowering educational coaches to be more productive. And one of the things that I'll be showing off at that workshop is how do you think of yourself not just as an educational coach, but really as that entrepreneur in the classroom. You are building your program. You're building your own uh, you know, capability for change in your school. You're going to be doing a session um, similar to that on Thursday at 2.30 uh, called Empowering Edupreneurs, Nurturing Innovation and in Education. Talk to us a little bit about that. How do we create innovation as these edupreneurs that we're all turning out to be? 
Yeah. So one of the things I did last year, I wrote the book, Always Stop at a Lemonade Stand, because it it really shows how students can just do things on their own. They can get lemonade, they can sell it. And I know it's a, a metaphor for, for schools, but for me in that session, I'm going to bring those strategies to let students create and moving from just consumers of content to creators of content. And, you know, one of the things I, I often say is that students don't come to work or students don't come to school to watch teachers work. They need to be doing that. And, and how are we giving the students the skills? And moreover, how are we creating the culture within a classroom that students feel that they can share their information, that they can share their thoughts? And I think it's really that session is going to be about how are we empowering our students to really advocate for themselves, not just for what they need, but for what they know. I love that you're looking at that from that student lens, because so much in education right now is happening around making sure that the students are doing and creating and everything. But, you know, as educational leaders, we also need to make sure that we have those boundaries and those rules around them, especially in the world of AI and creativity. And, oh, here's a free app. Let me bring that into my classroom. Well, sometimes there's not, you know, there's a privacy agreement that needs to be signed. Sure. And sometimes there's other things that's going on. Talk to us a little bit about how you are managing this in your district. You had mentioned that you have 25 buildings. Yeah. A lot of privacy agreements. That's a lot of making sure the right training is going on. How do you set up your program in your districts to be successful in creating that culture for digital innovation? I, I think, yeah, what you said, we have 25 schools, we have 18 elementary schools, and I work primarily supporting our elementary schools. And, and one of the things that we look at is less is more. And, and it sounds silly, like, well, we should bring in these tools and that one and this one. But for me, it's about picking few things and do them really well and go deeper into them and find out how to, you know, you train our teachers, we work with our staff, we support our students, we support the family so that they know these resources really well. And then it's about ensuring that they fill a need. So it's not just like, let's pick five that I like the best, but let's find something that talks about creativity, something that talks about writing, something that is creative. So we have our tools like, you know, Edpuzzle and we have, you know, Padlet and we have Flip. So because they fill a need, it allows for students to showcase their learning, but within a resource that we can continue to give training on. So I think it, it really helps that when we do the less is more, we can support just that much more because there's not a wealth of them to, to work on. And that seems to be a theme more and more as I have educational technology leaders on this show, right? Let's not have 300 applications. There's way too much to cover. There's way too much to service. Let's come up with a core of 50-ish or so yeah. that we can use, maybe a little higher than 75 to somewhere, but in that, that, that smaller range. Manageable amount. Manageable, right? Um, we're still in that world where we're used to the free from the pandemic that is now being paid or the, you know, companies are now ramping up their prices a little bit to, to compensate for, for services sure. and dollars lost. What is your vision when putting something like this together? How does it start? How do you create that vision? How do you start to build that culture with your 
leadership team. Maybe you can t- share with us, like, what does that, sure. what does your council look like when it comes to digital innovation? Yeah, I think I approach a lot in, in, in this field, like business. You know, I, I talk about that a lot. You know, we should run schools like startup CEOs and ask questions and push the thinking. And I think I, I approach it very similar. I don't say what problem are you trying to solve because it's not necessarily solving problems, but that's in the business world. How is this going to help us solve problems? But in schools, it's how is this going to enhance learning? And if the answer is, oh, it's just cool, then it's not a fit. If it is enhancing learning, then we can have a discussion. And then we, you know, drill down. We have, I've had, you know, just this past week, a few staff members asked me about different sites. And, you know, going back to the first question you asked about FEDC and going into meeting vendors and and getting well-versed, I can answer questions when someone shows me an app that we don't have the privacy agreement, that is a freemium where you get it free for 30 days. And then if you don't pay, we can talk through and say, oh, you know, I won't say which tool, but oh, this tool looks looks great. But Canva does very similar tasks, and we have all the agreements in an account. So why don't I help you with that? So having those conversations, you know, leaving central office and going right into the teacher's classroom and having the conversation. And for me, uh, I I really like that because one, it shows trust, it values the person. And it's not just like, no, we're going to lock this down or no, you can't use that website. It's I see the goal you're looking for, but we have resources in-house that will support that. But that's not always easy, right? Conference <laughs> no. time is, is that opportunity for teachers to go out and find things. And, you know, I, I've been in situations where somebody sees the, the you know, they, they see the shiny Apple and they see the news about this new feature and they want to do this. But and I don't want to say you have your vision. I'll say the district has its sure. vision. And if you're if the if that vision doesn't have this new shiny feature, mm-hmm. um, those are hard conversations to have, and those are hard opportunities to kind of say to those staff members, like, like this is where we're going. You know, trust the system. We're building a system. You want to come in and join us on the system. Mm-hmm. You know, just because option B is available, we're working on this train track here. How, how does a school district keep moving forward when every time you turn around, there's a new company, there's a new widget, there's a new tchotchke, there's a new something that's not part of that vision, but other people are sitting there going, but I want that. Yeah. And I think it's, so one of the things that I, I look at is where's the difference between the must haves and nice to haves. Hmm. And I want a lot of things in, in, in my role and in my life, but if they're nice to haves, I don't think I'm going to get them all. But if there's certain things like we need this software for our EL students, yeah, we're going to look into it and find the best one. Or we need this for our administrators when we do walkthroughs so we're not carrying around a huge laptop. Let's look for at a Surface or a different kind of tablet and really drilling down what is at the heart of the task that you're looking to do and then find the, the tool that matches because too often in our profession, we just throw technology at things. You know, I'm going to buy the whole special ed team iPads. Well, why? I don't know. Cause we have extra money. We didn't have that many snow days this year. And then, and then it becomes just a $500 worksheet if we don't, we don't train them. And I think another piece is around communicating the vision. It might sit in a, in a binder somewhere or on the school website, but if you're not visible, and you're not in the school. So I'm new this year in this district. And one of the, I, I'm in the schools every day, Sharon. Here's what we're, you know, first, here's who I am. Hi, nice to meet you. 
and then trying to run PD or share some strategies so that the staff can trust me. Because if I do have to say no, like I want this, well, it's not a fit. I want them to, I don't want that to be the first time they see me. And I think that's part of that us and them strategy around technology is where the technology staff make decisions are nowhere to be seen. So because I work very closely with schools and with our tech department, I'm out there and I'm talking to folks. So that's a big part of, of bridging that gap is getting to know people. One of the things that you and I have in common is our love for educational technology and tech integration, digital learning, but also on that same part, you and I have a deep integration ourselves with ASCD. Um, yes. I know you, you're the president of Massachusetts ASCD. I'm, I'm, on the board, I'm on the board for Connecticut ASCD. And I, I know we both have this idea where technology integration is great, but we still have to focus on making it standards-based and mm -hmm. everything is being driven by the curriculum. Talk to us a little bit about how you're trying in your new role to bring in that, you know, curriculum and the technology. I, I got to just say, I'm tired of hearing both as an administrator and as a coach, we're not doing tech this year. We're focusing on standards. And I, I just, I cringe when I hear that. Yeah. How do, how do you put that together? Um, I'll even say, how do you convince somebody that that should be this? Those are one thing, right? Like, you know, technology yeah, I think that's, a, that's a, that's a, that's a whole webinar series. Um, another podcast in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's multiple. And I think that's the tricky part because we get stuck in it. And one of the things I share is I've worked in two districts and as a principal in Massachusetts, one district, we had 67% free and reduced lunch in the second district. We had 1% free and reduced lunch and they use the same curriculum, same textbooks. Oh. So it's not necessarily just about the, the textbook or the curriculum. It's about how you bring that curriculum to life. So for me, it, it does start with the curriculum and the standards because we have to have fidelity to that to ensure there's equitable learning opportunities. That is, is at the forefront. But what I do with teachers and, and staff is say, show me what you would teach for this lesson. And I'm like, okay, here's some strategies to enhance it. Oh, you're going to do a four paragraph essay. How about we do it in docs? How about we all do it in Google docs? And then you hyperlink it to one Google slide. Now you have a classroom blog and they're like, what? We may have a classroom blog. Well, you did your four paragraph essay on Google docs, and then you linked it to a Google slide. You have a, you have a blog now. And, and just trying to, sh to close that gap, you still reach the standards of vivid verbs and complete sentences and, and grammar and everything we need to hit the standard but you added some relevancy by putting some of our tech tools and then letting them add, you know, maybe they put their voice in there. Maybe they put a picture they like. And I think, again, going back to, to building those, those, those relationships and knowing people, the trust to say, just, just try it. I'll be here with you. And I think that's where you meld them together is don't change what they're doing, but coach them. Uh, and, and you know, this as an experienced coach, on enhancing what they already do. And all of that has to be stemming from the strategic goals, right? Somewhere in the strategic vision, it has to say, we are moving in this direction, or we are looking to bring in technology integration, or we are like everything that this department is doing, everything that this, you know, technology movement is happening needs to come from the top, needs to be bought in by the community, by the board, by the cabinet. Yeah. This is where we're going. 
talk to yeah. us a little bit about what your plan is or how this is working in your first year. So uh, I, I try to demystify it, first of all. So I just did um, Wednesday mornings. We have like staff meetings, short PDs, and, and I've been trying to do one every Wednesday at a different school. And, and one of the things I say is if you're looking for permission to try some of these from some mystery person to give permission, you have it. I'm the assistant superintendent. You try something. And, and, and part of that is demystifying, like, you're not going to break the computer. I'd rather you try something because you were just talking about standards. What we really need is to build the critical thinking and computational thinking of students. So if we're just doing the same thing of call and response or just transferring learning to a, a worksheet or a digital worksheet, then we're not enhancing that. So I think the way I've, I've tried to, to do that is demystify it go in, talk to them, show me what you do and meet people where they are. And too often, you know, coaches go in and show them the biggest bells and whistles yeah. and some staff just get turned off and they're like, I can't do that. Or they, or I show them a website I built and they're, they're barely completing like a, a form online. So why would I do that and go and be like, check this out. And then they're like, I'm going to turn this guy off but show them some things where, where I started or here's an entry level or here's how to use a certain tool to, instead of your paper um, monthly notice to families, do it on uh, you know Google Drive, do it on slides and do one every month and then it's saved and just showing them real-time examples, which goes back to the first question you ask. Those are the things that I'm looking for when I go to FETC, how to bring practical solutions to schools because I haven't been in the classroom but yeah, I support classrooms every day and I want to meet people where they are. So those are the sessions I love to go to or, or vendor hall or, or meet some teachers like you know, Heather Brantley. She's a teacher down in Texas. She, uh, I love to listen to her because she's talking about stuff she does in her class. I'm so glad that you mentioned all of that. Um, one of the things that we talk a lot about on our, on our show, ask the tech coach is, don't overdo it, right? You see all these right. tech are out there and they want to build, I'll call it God's gift to their tech coaching website. And there you go. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've been on this kick over the last couple of years of it's good to do that, but call that your website. Like build, build the shrine to yourself and use it as your handbook. Don't right. expect a fifth grade teacher to bookmark that and look at it every five seconds. <laughs> exactly. But if you're going to sit down with that fifth grade teacher, absolutely. I'd rather have you have, you know, all the bells and the whistles at your fingertips than to sit down and in the, you know, the short amount of time you have with that teacher, you're searching Google drive for things that you can't like build the website that you <laughs> want to have and then build the second one that looks like something they can do. Right. And, and you said it, it's very easy for somebody in a coaching position to come in and go, I want to impress. Right. And you turn them off in the first five seconds of being there because you walk in and look, I'm guilty about this too, 10, 15 years ago. Like, right? hi, I'm wearing my Google trainer shirt. Well, that turns <laughs> off. Like, I'm out. <laughs> we we right. learned that one the hard way. Talk to us a little bit about, uh, I, I'm assuming 25 buildings. Do you have a strong, I don't want to say strong, but do you have an instructional coaching program up there? Um, we do. We have um, teacher leaders or, or, you know, 
teacher supports in, in, in schools and, and they're empowered to, to support each of the schools. So there, there is a structure like that and, and we work with that um, teaching so and learning specialists and they support, they coach adults. So they're they're teachers that also have coaching responsibilities. No, or they are- they're only called, they have that because of the the units, you know, through unions and different things. So they have no teaching load, but they work with the building administration to support teachers through different and, teaching strategies and running, you know, coaching sessions. We don't have learning coaches. Mm-hmm. How? Let Let me ask you this because. This is a hot topic again on the Ask the Tech Coach podcast. When you're hiring a coach, even somebody at your level who's, you know, you're full blown ISTE, I feel like you, you do this stuff. What do you look for in an instructional coaching resume? Um, so that's an interesting question. I'm going to take it a little different direction. So for the resume, I look for experience in the classroom because too often we move individuals from a teaching position to administration position expect them to be great at that job which is a whole different job so the first thing i look for is experience in the classroom because the goal is to support the teachers and i think having that um, capability is important but where i really focus is the interviews if they're open if they're honest if you know, my favorite is tell me a lesson that's bombed. And like, no, I have never had one. Like, nope, no, I wanted to actually know how you've recovered from a bad lesson. I've had bad PD sessions. I've had a bad conversation with a colleague. Like, we've all been there. So what I really look for in, in, in a coach or a teacher leader in that capacity is the willingness to be open and honest because you end up working with anywhere from 10 to 25 to 40 in a large or 100 in a large high school adults and it's a whole different skill set so having that classroom experience so that you can bring validity to the feedback or or coaching and then the wherewithal to be honest about who you are what you know and and bring that forward and i learned that because i was an elementary principal and when i moved into a district role and i'd go into a high school i've never taught high school i I haven't taught algebra two but I have to go in and, and, and talk about the strategies and, and value that person's teaching and then bring in some things that can support them. So I think that's that's an avenue to, to really bring those. That's what I look for when I talk with with prospective candidates is how open and flexible are you or else the teachers are going to see right through you. I, I, I love having that vision for everything. Right. And and that's taking me back to all of my interviews and, you know, for the last 15 years of putting all this together, you know, I've been the coach in a medium sized school district. I've been a lead coach out of 14 buildings with multiple coaches. I've hired coaches and I've led coaches when you're working in a district that's 25 buildings, especially not in the building. um, You know, you're you're sitting above the buildings and you're new. Right. how do you build that family or how are you building a coaching family? How are you building a coaching department where everybody has instant communication to each other? I'd love to actually have you ask that from both the, the, the personal, but the technology, meaning are you using teams? Are you using Google drive? Are you using, yes. what, what, what's the technology that's keeping you together? Cause I'm assuming emails are rampant, but there's gotta yeah. be a chat system, but, but how are you building that, uh, that family unit together? So it is hard. And, and, and 
there's no way I can come in here and be like, yes, everything's smooth and this is easy to do. We have, you know, 85 administrators between principals, vice principals, and we have seamless communication. This, no. But what we have is a structure through Google Classroom. So we built a, a classroom for principals so that we don't overload, as you said, the email. And there's very few people that have access to put into the classroom. So if there's something that's a task or, you know, a real-time example, I put something in the classroom recently because we're running a professional development day. It's like, please have your staff sign up. Here's the link. Here's an assignment to, to you. So using that, that streamline through Google Classroom. And then we have a virtual binder um, in Google. So we have a virtual binder that we put all our um, district information, our, our field trip forms, our, everything we need to more of an output. Like we're going to stick it here and, and you can find it in folders within our virtual binder. So those are our two, our two main hubs, the virtual binder for, I don't want to say static, but for more of the let's place it here so everyone has access and we use Google. And then for kind of the communication, we use um, the Google Classroom. And then I shared with you earlier about you know, every Tuesday we have principal meetings. We bring everybody together in one room for three hours a week because to build that family, there's just so much you can do online. So we bring every week, the agendas are already set for the year. So you know what's going to be on it. You know what you need to come. And then one of the executive team runs part of that session from our EL department sharing about access, which is happening now. Like those are the things we talk about so that we have that content point. And, and like you said in, in your answer about FETC, you see people in the halls, you talk to them, you get to know them. But when you see you know, the principals every week, it's, it's great to catch up or how's it going? How was your break? Um, because there are some schools I'm in much, much more than, than others. So having that time is, is critical. Talking today to Matt Joseph, who's going to be doing some great sessions down at FETC. I want to talk about one more that you're doing here calling Cultivating Innovative Leadership. I'm sure it dives right into what you were mentioning. What can we expect from this session on Friday at 9 a.m. to 9.45? You have 45 minutes to wow us about being an innovative leader. What are we going to be learning about that session? So one of the things that uh, that session is really changing mindsets. I talked about it early, op operating like a startup CEO and asking questions, what if? What if we try this? What if we run podcasts within our schools? What if we do TED Talks instead of final exams? And just really having verbal brainstorms of way that we as leaders can change what we do. Maybe we have weekly podcasts that the superintendent does just solo so that the community can learn who they are or finding ways to share artwork or dance or certain things within um, in our district. So it's really going to be challenging leaders to do things that are different and, and asking what if when they try something and not just dust off what we've done for the last five years, but how are we going to evolve asking what if and, and, and failing fast. Try something. If it works, build on it. If it doesn't, don't table it to the next meeting next month. Try something different. That's awesome. And giving people, as you mentioned earlier, giving people the ability to do that and knowing that they have yes. the back that they can make those decisions. That is so important, especially in a world where everybody does seem to have some kind of pins and needles around them where mm -hmm. if I make a mistake, what's going to happen? Absolutely. And, and removing that from the equation, obviously never be insubordinate, <laughs> number one, but also at the same point, don't be afraid to take chances 
because that's how the great things happen. Nobody said, I'm going to do this mediocre task. And you remember it 10 years later, you do something that you took a risk and it might've failed the first three times. And then you add a little extra and it's, it's a podcast you've been doing for 11 years or whatever it is. Like that's how you do it. And, and I would add on to that. Don't be afraid when somebody does go out there and try help them fail forward. Right? Absolutely. I agree. So we, we talked about two of the arms of culture driven innovation, right? Yep. Stemming yep. everything from your strategic vision, backing it up with help from your strategic coaches and how they're, you know, really being used as the answer for how do we make that strategic vision come alive? I, I want to shift over to one more topic here, which is how do you tell that story, right? At the end of the meeting, somebody's going to get up and say, how are you meeting your goals? Sure. You're talking through data. You're talking through data collection. You're talking through showing artifacts and archives of, of the, the, the research and the fun. Like, ultimately, people want to see the fun things that are happening in the classroom and you know, teachers are mm -hmm. having fun. Kids are great and achievement and all that good stuff. But when it comes to showing this transformation that you're on right now with your, with your district, mm -hmm. How are your coaches helping collect that data? What does that look like? How are your how how is your department helping to tell that story through uh, collection features? Um, what does that look like, and where do you want to go with this? So that way you can be successful and you can show success in the position. I think we're really utilizing um, social media. We all our schools have Facebook pages. We have newsletters, and just through photos, just through celebrating the good and the positive. And we're reaching our goals when we highlight the work that we're doing. And I think the goal of it is to embrace our students and giving them a voice. And the more we celebrate them through our Facebook pages, through our, our cult, you know, we had drum bands coming through and a drum line came through and, and just celebrating everything that we do because enthusiasm is contagious. And the more that we can can honor that, the more that people are going to be excited about that learning. And just through digital platforms, like I said, social media, newsletters, things like that. But also sharing in, we, we start every principal's meeting by sharing something. And we sit at different tables every time. And just having that connection and learning from each other is where that really, the root of it is, is planted. If you'd like to get a hold of Matt, there are several great places. My favorite one is going to be at FETC, where he's going to be doing several there we go. conferences. I heard there's also a nice theme park down the road. If you want to go and spend a couple hours outside of the conference, happens. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. I might be there on Monday doing a couple of good things. Uh, Matt, where does where where can people reach out and find you? Um, it's hard to list some things out, but if you go here to the, to, oh, it's, it's not video. So I was say if you go on screen, but my, my, uh, Twitter handle or X handle is at Matthew X Joseph on there's the website, which has my email and everything to, to get a hold of me, um, reach out, happy to connect. I'd love to, to talk shop with you and, and support and learn from you as well. And I'll see you for those going down in Orlando as well. The last thing I want to hit, and this is the entrepreneur talking here. Talk to me a little bit about the work you and your team are doing at X Factor. Um, I think the big goal of our team is there are people who are in the field like yourself. And we are bringing strategies to 
to schools to support learning. And each one of us, uh, you know, have a role in a school with students in some capacity that are supporting learning. And we're just trying to bring resources through print media, through some webinars we're doing. We just launched a podcast network and just sharing what we have learned in supporting the field. Nice. And you can, of course, check all that stuff out at? Well, I think the, we can go to xfactor.link and check all that out. We're going to make sure that we have all of the links and stuff in our show notes over on teachercast.net. And I hope you guys have a chance to like and subscribe to the show. We've got a lot of stuff going, and we hope that you guys are with us. And if you'd like to be featured on this show, please feel free to reach out. You can find me over at info at teachercast.net and all the other great channels. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to catching up with you next week in Florida. And I hope everybody has a chance to share this with their friends because there's a lot of stuff in here. And Matt, please come back on the show sometime. Anytime. Look forward to seeing you next week. I hope you guys are having a great start of this new year as uh, many, many storms roll across the country. We're doing a lot of great things here at TeacherCast. Brand new redesigner is going to be happening over the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Check out all the great stuff happening over at TeacherCast.net. And that wraps up this episode of Digital Learning Today. On behalf of Matt and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.